This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. This is another. No timeouts for Detroit. They just tossed it away. All of the things that feed into a 27-game losing streak we've seen on display over the last seconds of the game. Nets trigger in. Nets get the win. It is a new single-season NBA record. 27 straight losses for the Detroit Pistons. Place to be nation. Welcome back to the PTPN's NBA Team Podcast, the first official NBA Team Podcast episode of 2024. Uh, not at the midway point of the season yet, but we're close. Got a little bit of things to clean up in the news cycle, and um, we can sort of talk about other things. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andrew Reich. I'm joined by Adam Murray. Adam, how cold is it outside? It's it's not as cold as it used to be. There, what is, uh, what is uh, used to be? Well, it used to be snow and very cold. Now it's just wintry. It's not super cold. We're in the 40s But for now. you, anything under like 60 degrees is cold for you, so. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 accurate. I mean, it's it, we're in a region here in, by the Gulf of Mexico where it's like, it's probably 80 degrees every, like, nine out of the 12 months maybe like eight out of the 12 months and then but in the cold i don't know about y'all in the talk about y'all in the upper east coast but the coldest month by far is uh is february february is the coldest month yes it gets a ripe cold 65 <laughs> i don't know why winter just, coat just, weather it's just like it's almost like a delay of the winter season, like as years have gone along. It used to be like the coldest month was December, then it now then it was January for a long time. Now it's February. Let's get into some NBA action where Toronto <laughs> decided to finally make a move. Yeah, you know that we're still not even at the guarantee point for the contracts, but that was that was a moot point with this deal. So clearly, they were kicking the tires on this. The other thing that's hilarious about this uh, deal. And we'll get to the details of it involving the Knicks and the Raptors. They were in a lawsuit. They were in a lawsuit involving Intel being shared by a former scout. So, like, how, how much were they talking litigation and then talking about this deal? Like, isn't that weird? It's weird, but it's normal and whatever. The dominoes are starting to fall now. We had the first one finally go because it was all we had been well, saying. Well, couldn't you argue that the big ones already fell, like, with – um? With Drew Holiday going to the Celtics, Damian Lillard obviously to the Bucks, and James Harden. I mean the in-season ones. Once Toronto figured out what they were doing, James Harden's in-season. But you knew that was just going to be a two-team trade. Yeah, that was just an A to B, and that didn't do it. This was where would Toronto send it? What's the best package offers? Which was, you know, part of the. As that's what the episode was probably going to be today. Is what would a uh, Toronto? What should they do? And all of a sudden, they decide to make a big move. Do you think the Raptors are on the verge of a fire sale? I don't know. That's the thing. They, they obviously played a game after that without you know one of one of the players involved in the trade, RJ Barrett. Then they lose to the Detroit Pistons, who had not won a game in twenty eight straight games. <laughs> <laughs> and they were one short of the professional sports record, which was. Did you know there was a football team called the Chicago Cardinals? No, but they were the they're the record holder. Twenty nine games. 
But they tied the Sixers. The it, Sixers. I, I watched that Raptors Pistons game, and that was they they tried to lose it at the end as well. It was Detroit. It's just it's a, an exercise of futility. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it, it really cool. is. But Toronto, a lot will be what they do with their second move with with Pascal Siakam. But this one, OG Anubi, Precious Achua, and Malachi a Flynn former, goes to New York. First round pick. They're all first round picks. Actually, come to think of yep. it, goes to New York for RJ Barrett. Emmanuel quickly and a 2024 second round pick. So a lot of, a lot of things with this one, this is a very, it's a weird trade. I think where everybody's like, you know what? I like it for both mm-hmm. sides. Yes. It's New York has finally given up on RJ is the superstar and he's unheralded and underrated. So it's, they finally moved on from him, which we all kind of agreed they kind of had to because that was a that's what you needed for a big trade anyways. The offense for the Knicks, which is good, felt clumped up with RJ there alongside, you know, they added Jalen Brunson in the offseason in 22, but he clearly became like the beacon of the offense. You know, they went to the playoffs and Brunson was at the head of it with Randall. Randall is still a really, really good, like big man who can score and, you know, rebound. But Barrett seemed to just not find his footing. Another part of it, and I don't think it had necessarily to do with uh, Ananobi getting it uh, added, was that Mitchell Robinson is out for the season with uh, uh, with surgery. So they had to find a way to improve the defense. So Ananobi can do that. He's been considered by some uh, a defensive player of the year candidate. And th- that's going to be a marked improvement for them with Tom Thibodeau being a defensive assistant coach. The thing I will say about this very generally, and you can talk details, is that from a talent standpoint, I think the Raptors came out of this looking good because they get quickly with Barrett. But contract wise, the Knicks give themselves some leeway. No, not really, because they're going to have to sign a newbie. Because he's well, yeah, well, it's a player out. option that he'll exercise. Yeah, he's going to opt out. and But New York is not going to be we're going to. Get rid of all these players just to have you for a six-month But think about what Toronto has to deal with now. you got the Siakam free agency, which is inevitable because he's unrestricted. It's not a, like, opt-out situation. R.J. Barrett's got, you know, 20 – he's going to earn $26 million in the 24-25 season. It expires in uh, 2027 where he'll make right around $30 million. So you got that on the books. And then you have Emmanuel Quickly, who's going to demand a huge raise. That was probably a part of why Quickly was lumped into the deal. We know why Achua was in the deal for um, for New York. They wanted a backup big for Isaiah Hart. They wanted a backup big, and he's really a surprise. He didn't take off in Toronto. He's a good he's a good rebounder. He's got some talent. He also can. But shoot. He, he still hasn't broken out. But going going back to Quickly, Quickly is now your starting point guard, and it might be one of those in Toronto. That- Yes, now that you're free and you and Scotty Barnes can go run up and down, that might be exciting to watch. Well, that's kind of it is kind of funky though because you got Dennis Schroeder in there as the assist man. Um, I know some people don't think he's been like the best, you know. I mean, but it's hard to replace a Fred Van Vliet. That's a stud. Scotty Barnes is kind of a point forward, would you say? Yeah, he's but a, he's a he's a high volume. Like it's he's a funny volume how quickly went from the favorite for the six man of the year to being buried by Thibodeau, to now being on Toronto altogether, so. Yeah. Um, also had to deal with probably front office politics, where it's like, okay, hey, we're going to move this guy. I don't, we know, Thibodeau, that you have a history of, like, giving your favorites a lot of minutes. We need you to really restrict the limits on this one. That could have been part of it, too. 
I, I feel like from a talent standpoint, it's a good swap. I just feel like from a contract perspective, Toronto, unless they really dive in on a fire sale and they uh, they unload Siakam for a lot of assets, they're kind of in a really trepidatious situation in the summer where they might potentially lose quickly and Siakam. You know? But that's the big question mark now as, well, what do you do? Because it was, oh, well, they'll ship them. You know, you had told me, oh, they're going to ship them to Golden State for Wiggins. Well, they don't need Wiggins yeah. if they have R.J. Barrett now. Well, I just want a whole – I just want the Toronto Canucks. I want an all-Canadian team. You got you got Wiggins. You got Barrett. We can bring back Steve Nash to coach the team. <laughs> we need to have, like – we need to have that type of a team in, 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 uh, in the NBA. I think if we had an all-Canadian team, I think it would actually be legitimately good. Because now that Toronto has is starting to move their pieces, now you can have Utah unla- uh, unload Clarkson and mm-hmm. um, perhaps Lori Markinen and Oh yeah, uh, well Zach Levine is still hanging out there. The problem Zach Levine, nobody wants there. him. They, they want to wait until, and we're not there yet, but it's close. Uh, January uh, is it January fifteenth or is it the fifth when they guarantee the contracts? Um, that's what they're waiting for with Levine. That is coming up. Um, Portland needs to unload Malcolm Brogdon, who's just sitting there. So now that this is done, you can have teams sort of move around. Um, what about Barrett? He's not bad. Okay. I you think, think he you was. You think he'll fit well there? He he was sort of burdened with the expectations that you will be the savior of this town now because it was never Julius Randle's team. It was always RJ Barrett. You're going to be, we're going to max you out. You're going to be the superstar. You're going to be the next big thing. And then Brunson came in and stole it from him. But I don't want to say he's taking the Andrew Wiggins route of just sort of. No, but I think it will, it will take some minutes away from Gary Trent Jr. Now he's a free agent coming up too. So I don't necessarily think with Sayujiri is like, oh, like in the process of like, oh, I don't want to hurt Gary Trent's feelings because if he's a free agent, who cares? But um, that's kind of a spot that he had. He was like a gunner. It's just a piece of many. But you get somebody as opposed to getting draft picks seven years down the line. You got two players who are starting, two players who can, um, you know, lose an an OG Anubi. You're taken a step back but you're you got quickly who will now be your starting point guard over dennis schroeder so it's something to yeah, start and then, with so and then flynn there I, i'm not sure it's hard to say I, I i was never really impressed with him in toronto to be quite honest uh the knicks are uh, two games above 500 they're sort of in that play in like bubble and the raptors are fairly close to a bipolar Atlanta Hawks team. I could talk forever about how weird that team is, but they're still like a few games out of the plate in. Do you think either team can, do you think there's going to be a marked change in direction? Like say Siakam just stays in Toronto and there's no moves. Like, do you, what do you think is going to happen for both? And if he stays in Toronto, he's going to resign there. Cause well, I, I meant think... I meant the playoffs. I meant their their postseason hopes. Talking about the Knicks and the Browns. I have no clue with Toronto because they look terrible, and it looks like then they could pull it out. And now they're like completely they just lost the the decrepit Detroit Pistons, right? But you had you you lost a newbie. Your team is shook. Mm-hmm. Um, watching the game, like the first half, they didn't show up. Then all of a sudden, they started to play, and then battle back towards the end. But when you when you go down three players, it, it's not. It also There's, speaks to the depth of the league with how many good players are in, even on terrible teams. Like, I mean, we we talked a lot about Detroit. I don't want to talk about it too much more, but like, Kate Cunningham has been great. You know, it's just that one player playing great is not enough. And Toronto, 
Siakam's a terrific player. He'll be highly valued in the trade market if if the, if, it, if the interest is there. And I love Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty Barnes is gonna be a star. It's just not Kade, enough. Cade stepped up. Um, he showed that he wants to. He's taken the the losses personally, which is a good thing because he really has been kind oh, of. He a looked beast exhausted the when they finally buzz, the buzzer sounded on the win. Like he. But exhausted. watching Detroit, Cade and Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivy cannot play together. I'll go even further with one because I know that because of his contract that this is probably an unreasonable move. Can they fire Monty Williams? They could, but what good would that do? Could you? That's well, that's true, but I mean, this is bad. <laughs> it's really bad, but he inherited. He just inherited all of these players, none of which can really play together or are really that good. The the pieces as a you know the only real thing about Detroit was the the real question mark was the. They dumped Sadiq Bay for James Wiseman. That move made absolutely no sense. Yeah, because you already had Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Durant. Right. And uh, Bagley. Right. It, it so was, was like, just, we didn't understand it when it happened. And it was like, Sadiq Bay was like, well, he's getting minutes. He's pretty good. And you just dumped him for, it was a complete bizarre move. But out, outside of that, you have these two point guards. They can't play it like Halliburton and... And Fox, they really didn't work well together. Like one of the two have to go. Yeah, but clearly Monty likes Cade. Whereas, whereas for Jaden Ivey, there's clearly a separation and relationship between him and the head coach. Like clearly. Yeah, and and Thompson, watching him, it's a, it's a, you know it's a big difference between playing against kids who didn't even get into D one schools and then going to the NBA. Yeah, like it's it's a huge learning curve. So Detroit has things to do. So. You ask yourself, if they got rid of Monty Williams and they said, okay, this was terrible, what do we do? Who are you bringing in that's going to be better? Who are you going to bring in that's going to develop these people? Really nobody. And what's funny about it, too, is that the team that they matched the losing streak with was um, the, the Sixers. The, who were the trying to lose. Well, not only that. Who were remember, openly tanking. They, well, that's true. That's the kind of difference between Detroit. I don't think Detroit was openly tanking this season. They just didn't have the they didn't have the the horses in the stable for this season. Is what it turned out when the season started. But the funny thing is, they also had a coach that they refused to fire because they didn't want to just lump him with all the responsibilities of the of of the failures of the franchise and Brett Brown. So he survived that. And I'm thinking well, he maybe survived Monty it. will survive it too. Well, he survived it because you know well, it's not his fault they're bad. We're right. openly trying to be bad. We have said we've gone on record saying we want number one picks. We don't want to be good. Like Do I think Monty Brooklyn, could coach some of these games better? Absolutely. Like if if they make a couple if they make a couple better timeout decisions, they probably beat Boston in Boston. You know, there were a couple of close calls there. There are yes, there were a lot of meltdowns. Yes. But at the same time, if you have the players just blatantly like I, I watched Jalen Duran just the second half just turning it over left and right and Cade Cunningham passes it and nobody's there. Like the players are not focused at all. So you can't blame the coach if the, those on the court like you, you can't just pull them because they're and already of, and loss of focus for a lot of these teams is normal. We saw, you know, we, I, we mentioned how the Celtics um had to go uh, to overtime with the Pistons. And the Celtics, I believe, have the either they have the best record in the league or they're tied. And they almost lost to the Raptors. 
Um, and so you could, even though Jason Tatum didn't play that game, but there is some loss of focus. You'll see a game where like, you know, when you see a game where Nikola Jokic doesn't play well, you could tell, oh, okay, they're checking out for 2023 and they're kind of going to ring it in for the new year. Some teams are on a run. Some teams seem to be like pressing onward, uh, and, and playing well. Like I think Minnesota is still playing really well. The Clippers are, they only lost two games in the month of December. Um, are there any other teams that kind of impressed you so far in this kind of dreary month of December? No, that's why I think most of this focus is just sort of on Toronto and Detroit and we'll just leave everyone else sort of as they are. Milwaukee's offense looks fantastic. Yeah, but their defense is still horrible and their bench isn't, isn't showing up. But like the Bulls are the Bulls are a classic Ewing theory team, classic Ewing theory. For those who don't know what that is, that's when Bill Simmons made up a theory about how when Patrick Ewing went down in the 1999 playoffs, the Knicks with Charles Sprewell and Alan Houston actually played better without him. And it's kind of going on right now with the Bulls where Zach Levine dips out because he wants to get traded and they play exponentially better without him. Yeah, because there's one less piece, and you have 25 shots to to yep. pass around. And, and that, Kobe and White, Kobe White, and Patrick. Kobe White decide to show up finally. Patrick Williams do not. He's not really. He hasn't done anything. And uh, the problem with with Levine Levine is just there's no market for him. And his salary, it's well, is his salary worth? L.A. His will lack talk. Of defense one of the and, L.A. teams will talk themselves into it. One of them will. Well, we all said the Lakers will, especially that's why when you have the Lakers now demoting. Uh, D'Angelo Russell to the second string. Mm-hmm. Uh, then okay, they're waiting for his salary to be guaranteed. They had, a, they had a, so it's weird. So they won the play-in tournament, but then they had then they lost four out of five games, or five out of six games. Wow! But then they kind of go back and forth. They had a really you know we we didn't talk too much about the Christmas games. We did preview them on a previous episode. There were only two I really enjoyed, and that was the Denver Golden State game. And the Laker-Celtic game, I thought, were both really good. The, the the one that the only thing about the Warrior game is that Nikola Jokic just got paraded to the free throw line, which like enraged Steve Kerr. The Celtic-Laker game was actually pretty good. I, when I saw that, I was like, you know, the Lakers—they're going to say that they're kind of like float. They're 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 playing mediocre right now, but I thought they actually were really competitive. But it's kind of hard when injuries took out the the fanfare of Christmas and then the NFL coming in with, we're going to now play games on Christmas. They played like how many games? Cause Christmas this year was a Monday, but they played, they played three, three games. games. Yeah. And one of them, I know this ain't an NFL podcast, Roger Morissette, and then we'll take care of that. But that they, one of them was like the marquee game of the season, which was the Ravens and the 49ers who have the best records in the league. So like everybody was paying attention to that game and kind of, but just everybody's going to pay attention to the NFL regardless yeah. as opposed to NBA. But the only thing I, I will say, and um, we'll just keep this sort of a brief episode. There's no need to go into the, the same teams or everything. No, and uh, the only thing that I I don't want to talk about, but I do have to mention, the back-to-back mirror heartbreaking losses that the Pelicans had at home against the Grizzlies uh, when John Morant came back. Like, they lost... Adam, here's what really pissed me off. Like the first one was fine. I was like, okay, John Morant's back. Memphis has some life, and they have won uh, quite a few. They won a few games with John Morant back, so they they look they look good. And I'm happy that Memphis is back in the fray. The second time they did it, where they just the 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 Pelicans just had meltdowns. That pissed me off so much. I actually didn't want to watch NBA basketball that day. Like I still had the fan in me. Where. where I have losses that are so like demoralizing, like I don't even want to watch sports. And that was one of those games, the the New Orleans Memphis game that went to overtime about a week ago. We we had mentioned on previous episodes that they have a log they need shooting 
and they have a log jam of shooters who can't get on the court. If you trade Zion Williamson for assets now, at this point, I actually am fine with it. I'm at that point now. <laughs> yes, we, I'm, ser- I'm dead serious. That's why we don't need to rehash these from previous episodes. So, so this Memphis will be like, is, a, uh, like, what do you think Memphis can do? They they are really behind the eight ball. They were ten. They were, I think, 10, eleven to twelve games under five hundred when John Moran came back. Now they've won. Then they win four in a row. Then they lose two in a row. What do you think? What do you think realistically they can do? I don't think I think they're too far back to make the play in game, mm-hmm. especially when you have Golden State still on the outside. The looking Jazz in. have a better record than them, right? You know? Well, the Jazz will still the Jazz are going to get worse. And um, it comes down to Golden State and then New Orleans yeah. and the, those bottom Kansas City I mean Kansas City, uh, Sacramento and Dallas and. A lot of those, they'll all come down the last week, so there's no point of even mentioning, especially with trade season coming up. The the one thing I do want to mention about the West, though, we had mentioned about bad teams. Mm-hmm. If Pop wasn't the coach of of San Antonio, don't you think whoever it would be would be fired by now? Yes. They look really bad, and it, he yeah. looks like he has no clue what he's doing. He doesn't know, oh, you know, you'll be great, you have Pop. That's a, you know, it's a perfect spot for Wembyana, but they're using him wrong. They're the one person who's getting him the ball is is now being benched. They don't seem to have a clue what they're doing. They only have five wins. They only have five wins. They're and they actually look have bad. a worse they have a worse record than the Washington Wizards. I actually saw a game where the Wizards beat the Nets. The Nets are struggling too. But but yeah, the Spurs are they've tried different things. Like they had Keldon Johnson come off the bench now with Devin Vassell starting. Like they're at a point now where they're just messing with the roster. The one where Victor, they said Victor Webinyama tripped his foot up on a ball boy. Did anyone see it? Did it really happen? No. Clearly they just made that shit up because they don't want him to play back to backs to risk injury. It, it just looked like he sort of tripped and, um, that was not like Kevin Durant. When Kevin Durant did that uh, last year, he looked he, that legitimately looked like he got hurt. <laughs> By the way, um, what you think of this? Bradley Beal's back in the lineup. Do you think the Suns are starting to, after that 50-point triple-double they gave up to Luke on Christmas and they looked dysfunctional? Do you, do you think they finally got the message, meaning uh, Suns ownership, and they were like, okay, we, we Matt Ishbia, and they were like, okay, we – we need all hands on deck now. Like we're 13 and 11 or whatever. And this ain't going to cut 15 and 15. We got to have everybody. Well, they can't just, they can't ship anybody out. You yeah, can't. Nobody wants him as a Metu. Right. You can't ship out Beal. Cause nobody's going to pay the ransom you paid to get him. You can't ship out Durant because your team, uh, he's too good to be shipped he's out. So insanely efficient. Still. I know, but still. it's one of those. He could say like, "I'm tired of this. I need a trade. This isn't working out." But he's done it too many times, so he's getting that hardened thing of things are just going bad when he's here. So why you're not you? You doubled and tripled and quadrupled down in on this roster, which we all said that's a bad idea. What do you mean? Like we know Bradley Beal's not going to play, and then he gets injured, and the team looks terrible. Yeah, and and he's ramp. He's doing the ramp up where he. I think he only had like six. He had six points. He only had six points. But he had six assists. So clearly, he knows how to involve himself in the offense pretty quickly. But in terms of his physical rehabilitation, I think he's still got a little bit of ways to go to be that. You know, because this is a man who was like, a like a couple games away of beating Steph Curry for the scoring title like three years ago. Like, and that play, that player feels like a distant memory right now. Now, can he light it up really fast? Sure. 
Of course he can. I don't think Booker and Durant is enough. You know, the league is just too deep. You know, like there I've even heard some chatter of people saying and look, anybody can make the jokes about Josh Giddy all they want. It looks like that one's going to kind of very slowly bowl over in legalities. But the Thunder are in a situation where some people think that they might go on a like a real legitimate run long term where they're going to be a threat for many years if they don't break it up. Like, what do you think of that? Who knows? I mean, SGA is an MVP candidate. He is. Uh, but and, and once Chet Holgren looks like Bill Walton 1977 if you put him in a fucking time machine. And I'm not yeah, saying he is better he than He could go Walton. back down again and like you, once you start having to pay these people, you can't keep them all. Well, the, I'll tell you this. Giddy, if you get a discount, Chet and SGA has already got one. Those are the ones you have to keep. Jalen Williams might be the odd one out. But Jalen yeah, but Williams you is can't. You know, you're losing Lou Dort money. You got to lose. Okay, Jalen Williams. Josh Giddy will be out over Jason Wallace. You got to trade away the draft picks because you can't draft all those people. because You can't draft money. 17 first-round picks. To, Correct. Let, okay, so let's say you trade four picks for whoever the, the superstar is four years for, for Cooper Flag. Okay, that's cool, but now you have to play him. And, well, you got all these guys. You got to set aside money for these people. And windows close fast and injuries. And then we, we said this tax apron. Oklahoma City hasn't been known for opening the wallet. And no, and this spending. happened with Memphis. Memphis was that budding team, and then they got it close to the apron, and they had to make decisions, and that's why they had to unload. Um, um, who was it that they wound up having to let let go and free? Uh, Tyus Jones. So, like, there are some situations where, you know, they, like, it gets a little tight up there. Because Desmond Bain is going to be getting his money next year, I think. Correct. He he got the he got the rookie max, and uh, yeah, so you got. Jaron Jackson Jr. getting money. You got John Morant getting money. Baines getting money. No one else is getting money on that team now. I just mentioned the Thunder because they're second in the West behind Minnesota. Who Minnesota is still posting the best defense in the league. That's really what's propping them up, along with just Edwards playing well, Nas Reed playing well, um, Towns being Towns and Rudy Gobert being steady. Just a very nicely put together team that actually plays defense. Um, the other team, I mean, there's, there's a whole quiet number of teams we don't really have to talk about because they're kind of in that they, they've been playing 500 ball for the last week or two since we talked. But the Nuggets have looked good. The the Kings have looked good uh, offensively. That's why I said let's just save all that for the next one, because right oh, now we have the our Pacers, little. Pacers, I worry about. The Pacers, I do. The Pacers worry. have to make a deal. We've already said that. Mm-hmm. Um, Buddy Hill's got to go. Buddy Hield will have because yeah, Nesmith the is in the starting lineup to improve the defense. You need a, a big four because Obi Toppin is more of an energy bench guy. He could not be that starter. We thought he we wanted him to be. Even and, the darlings of this season, uh, of the of the early part of the season, Orlando, they're kind of they went on a four game losing streak for for a minute. So yeah, you still say top four seed in the East. They're so not we'll... at this very moment, no. So they're <laughs> treading right there at four, but they're they they bandy back and forth between four and five with Miami, who's kind of Miami is Miami, Adam. We do this every fucking year. They're like the San Francisco Giants in Major League Baseball when they were winning World Series. Yep. Like, if they're in it, they're competitive. They, you don't want to mess with them. And Cleveland, too. They're weird. They had a lot of injuries mess them up, but Jared Allen is playing great. So maybe they can bridge it until they get back. Well, injury and- has made it. It's almost Cleveland's unwatchable due to just the manufactured um, Mitchell talk of well, well, they need to get rid of him now because they're not Absolutely winning. Absolutely not. Mitchell is a fantastic player. That but just the injuries have made it. The, the team has no. We need, we need them to all be back healthy before we can get into them. But yeah, for all the all these little 
same team, same everything. Let's just save that for that. Any final final thoughts for this one? Any final thoughts on Toronto or Detroit on the or... trade itself? No, we will have bigger. There will be bigger trades. Um, the only thing that's funny is that they held out Barrett in the negotiations involving Donovan Mitchell. And they just dump him in this, and that well because of... he didn't. They held him out. He didn't figuring, show it. Yeah. Okay, the, you're going to be a superstar. You're going to be a superstar, and then just like Andrew Wiggins of. We're waiting for you to do it. We were waiting for you to take the next step. That was Where a reward this? contract for how he played in the finals in 22 against the Celtics. I, I meant him was. the whole time in Minnesota and just, oh. we're waiting for you to be good. We're waiting for you. Understood. You're putting in numbers. You're putting in great numbers. Why aren't you taking that? That was, that was a, a, an overloaded contract for Wiggins at that point in his career. I agree with that one. I was thinking about the Warrior one when they extended him. No, no, no. That's just a championship reward. So but that was why I was thinking, okay, maybe Siakam's going to the Warriors because I've heard that rumor more than a few times. And because they have to wait for the guaranteed money for, uh, for uh, Wiggins, that's when they can pull the trigger on the deal. And that's why they haven't actually done it yet. That's why my prevailing theory. But if you read the tea leaves from the, you know, the rumor mongers, it's like the Pacers and the Kings. I mean, what would the Kings have to give up? Malik Monk and Davion Mitchell? Like, I, I don't that. I don't Who knows? That. We don't know, but I guess we'll all find out. So, but yeah, there are teams out there that want to make a big move because they're all playing 500 ball and they're going to be in the owners going to be looking at this team. They're going to be like, oh, we just need that one more piece. So, yes. Do I think there's going to be a big deal done within the next two weeks? That's not that's independent of the Barrett of the Barrett deal. Yes. Like, I do think it's going to happen. There's going to be someone taking a swing. All right, then. So for Andrew Reach, I'm Adam Murray. Have a good one. Take care.